if we are in tune with the language of God that brings profound meaning to us, is not my word like fire. The desire for spiritual growth through Christ-mindedness. Insights on biblically inspired faith consciousness how the virtue of Christ helps us relate to the world around us. Welcome to the Spiritual Renewal Podcast with your host, George Vasquez. The things that we think about and the words that we use to think about them, as you look at me from where I'm standing, you have a vantage point and you see me, but if I move in the room, now the whole room is just spun around and now you're seeing a different side of me too. Wherever you stand in what you believe is going to change your perspective. And if you have the wrong point of view, your perspective is going to be changed. Now, where is your position with regard to the things that you think about? What if your thoughts were plastered on a electronic billboard so that everybody could see what you're thinking. All right? And if somebody wanted to see what you're thinking, they could look up there and say, oh. Now, what might that person say about you? Would they say, you know what? Uh, that person might be a little disturbed. <laughs> Right? Would they say, oh, that's someone that's really laid back. They take it easy. Everything's cool with them, you know? It tells us the condition of our mind. And I want you to know that the Word of God is a conditioner. It can condition your mind. Now, back in the time when they wrote the Bible, it's very interesting because they touch on things about the human mind that are really coming to life in science today. Yeah, and we're starting to find out much more about how the brain works and everything about it. And where I'd like to start this morning is from the, the book of Jeremiah, and it's chapter 23. And what's interesting about this, because it all has to do with words and language. I believe that if we are in tune with the language of God and His Word, that it brings profound meaning to us that it will affect our thinking. And I'm going to start in Jeremiah 23, verse 25. It says, I have heard that the prophets... Now, let's stop there just for a second because sometimes we have different concepts of what a prophet might be. All right, But a prophet is one that carries a message. That's technically what it is. Now, there's two ways of looking at that. It's foretelling and forthtelling two different concepts of prophecy. One is telling you what's going to happen to you and how it's going to happen and being accurate about it and then it does happen. The other one is saying, I'm bringing you a word and the word of God is the one that's going to tell you what's going to be going on. So that a modern day prophet from today is technically just someone that's preaching the word of God into your life and then being able to see a connection where an application may, can be made. 
And, and I do believe, too, as we grow closer to the end times, you're going to see more of those gifts surface up, and you're going to, you're going to see a lot of that begin to happen even more so. But notice it says, I've heard that the prophets have said who prophesy lies, which is not truth. And when we talk about lies, we're saying, you know what, if I am thinking about the things that are untrue, I'm in a, a difficult position. And it can be very confusing. I'll tell you what, a lot of people are very, very confused today because they don't know what to believe. They don't know where the truth is. And there are so many lies out there, it's very easy to be deceived. Very easy. So he says, okay, there's a prophecy of lies. He says, and especially this, in my name, saying, I have dreamed and I have dreamed. Now, how long, in verse 26 it says, will this be the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? There's something about the heart that we need to recognize as a center or a core of what it is that we believe. But not just that, but that the heart connects what we believe to our emotions. And that as what we believe is connected to our emotions, it causes behavior or action. So that you see a result of what you think. What you think causes you to feel differently and as you feel differently, it causes you to act. This is how it started back in the Garden of Eden, from the tree. This is the tree of good and evil, right? The knowledge of good and evil. And in the day you eat of that, then your eyes would be open, and you're going to have to discern the difference. See, an unbeliever, the reason they're an unbeliever is because they don't know the difference between good and evil. And evil. As a believer, we know the difference between good and evil. We make those distinctions in our mind. Why exchange the truth for a lie? I'll tell you what, if you do that, we start to become delusional. Our core, where our heart is, starts believing something that is false. And then all of a sudden, because of the confusion that we're in, it leads us to poor behavior. Notice verse 23, is not my word like fire? We're talking about the word of God like fire. All right. You saw about fire. Is it, you know what it does? Think about it. When fire touches anything, it transforms whatever it's touching into fire. When the word of God touches your heart, it's going to transform your heart into God's words, into his thoughts, right? What are you thinking about? Get fired up in the things that God reveals to you from his word. Allow it to affect what you're thinking in your mind. Notice, my word is like fire, says the Lord. Yep, they. And like a hammer that breaks rock into pieces. All right, some of us got some pretty hard heads. And hard yeah, he's got a, a head like a rock. Well, I'll tell you what, the Word of God is going to break the hardness, that shell, off of your head. It wants to transform what it is that you're always thinking about. So fire and a hammer. If you were uh, living in New York and you took 
10,000 pieces of string and you tell each person in New York City that was alive there to attach each piece of string to another person, then you make the city a thousand times larger. That'll give you an idea of the incredible tangle of neurons that are going on inside the thing you call your brain. Yet, it's very complex, and there are chemical signals within each one of those connections. We're talking billions of connections, really. Each one of them is made up of a dendrite and an axon, and there's a receptor in there. And there's some chemicals that go on there. Some of them are dopamine, and some of those other, uh, another one, different serotonin is another one that they've identified. There's a few different ones that can either uh, bring you great pleasure or can bring you great emotion, sadness, flight or flight response, you know. But what happens within that is a little electronic pulse. If you didn't know, your brain's made up of a lot of tiny electric, electrical connections like that that are firing or not firing, as the case may be. But um, and it, <laughs> some people say, man, I'm just not smart. It's too much for me, and I can't do it. There was a study that this one kid couldn't do any math. They couldn't understand why he couldn't do any math. And then finally, what they did is they just sat him out, they got him a tutor, and they, get, they really trained him in math. And he ended up being what they call a human calculator. You take any numbers, right, and give them those numbers, and bam, you've got it. Times, division, plus, minus. It's, you can do it. Here's, here's what they say, right? Just like any other muscle in your body, if you don't use it, you lose it, you lose it right? But also, you've seen bodybuilders, right? Back in my day with Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno, yeah. yeah. But those guys exercise, right? So if you exercise your mind, what do you think is going to happen? It gets stronger. Yeah, don't say no. You can't figure out a way that you can do it. God's Word can alter the mind. As much as you study the Word of God, it's, it's changing your thinking. Did you know that the Greek word for repent is metanoia? If you take the word metanoia and you literally translate it from Greek, it means to change your mind. Amen, hallelujah. To change away from the way you were thinking, right? So that what I'm saying to you is that the Word of God is like fire. When it touches you, it transforms your thinking. You're changed because the Word of God is like fire. It's like a hammer. It's going to break that hardness right off. It's going to alter whatever misplaced emotions you might have. It influences your thought, and it causes them uh, to change and to conform to God's way. And when we learn that there's a better way, anything less than that just doesn't cut it. It's not going to work. And when God's Word is influencing your thought, it's causing you to react differently. That's the neurochemical reaction that's the consequence of our memories, neuroplasticity, which means God is the potter and you are the clay. And then when he puts the clay on the wheel, he forms you. He forms you because you're malleable like clay. You're moldable. And he can form you into the vessel that he has chosen for you so that you can be the person that he has called you to be. 
not the person you want to be. Sorry, Joel, it doesn't work that way. They're all about like, you know what, live your best life now. Uh, you know what, some of us ain't going to be able to have that life now. But we can look forward to a better life. We have hope in Jesus Christ. We can look forward to a better life. And we can also look forward to the loving hands of the potter to mold us into the person that God has chosen you to be. And He knows your purpose better than you know your purpose. Now, we could call it protein synthesis, and a lot of this has to do with uh, those uh, neurochemical responses that we're talking about, neuroplasticity. When I started making these connections, I'm going, wait a minute, a transformation begins to occur. You catch on fire, the hammer comes down, God reveals himself to you. Notice here in Hebrews chapter 4, and verse 11, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The two-edged sword, you can chop both ways, like that. And it can get right to the very center of your core. That's your heart, the soul of who you are, the soul of your being. The rest is the idea that you can be comforted in the hope, knowing that you do not fall under the wrath of God. And the reason you do not fall under the wrath of God is because you have not fallen for the lie. You believe the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And that because of that truth, then you have transformed your way of thinking. You're no longer fearful like you used to. You've entered a rest. Isn't it nice to have a good sleep? A good night's sleep, you know? There are times where the bed covers don't want to let you go, you know, and, and they just, you just like that. That's the kind of feeling we're talking about that God gives to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Real quickly, let's go to Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 5. It says, For those that live according to the flesh, what is it? Set their minds on the things of the flesh. What are you thinking about? Are you setting your mind on the things of the flesh? Now, I want to just stop there for a second because I want to tell you, you can be thinking about things of the flesh, but you can flip that by, seeing, by saying to yourself, wait, where's the Jesus in that? Right? Where's the Spirit of God moving in that? It might be a fleshly thing, but at the same time, if you look at it carefully, you'll see that God is working behind the scenes. He's moving things in a direction that is good. And he's revealing that to you. He's setting you on fire. He's breaking you with the hammer. And now you've taken something that is fleshly and turned it into a spiritual event. Because why? You're not setting your mind on fleshly things. And then he says, but those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. You're setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. You've turned, you flipped the script, right? You turn lemons into lemonade. You've taken a fleshly occurrence or circumstance and turned it into something very spiritual. And you said, not 
Why, oh, why, God, do I have to experience this? Oh, poor pitiful me. But you're saying, what, Lord, what is it that you're teaching me? What are you revealing to my heart that I may be strengthened, that I may move forward in my walk with you? There's a difference. Yeah. Okay, continuing on in Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There's a result to it. Did you see the word peace pop up there all of a sudden? Because I'm, I want to tell you, just like we came from Hebrews and it said rest, peace is part of that. What better place is there to find peace than when you're asleep? It's, he's sleeping so peaceful. Oh, look at my little angel. All right, And that's real solid rest. When you're at peace and you have a good sleep, doesn't, don't you feel rested? Even if it's fewer hours than you actually slept, you feel really rested because you're at peace. It's the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Are we thinking based on our sensory input organs? Eyes, ears, nose, mouth. Although we use our eyes to read the Word of God, we use our brain to define the meaning. And when you look, when you use your brain to define the meaning, you've just crossed over into a spiritual realm. And now you're using your mind in a spiritual way. And that's part of what 1 Corinthians is talking about in the second chapter. And verse 9, notice here. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man, which is in him? In essence, he's saying, how come you can't think spiritually? Why do you always think like a man? Notice here, verse 12. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Chapter 2, verse 13 continues and says, These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. That's the truth. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And that's one of the things that makes them so confused because they don't know the difference between good and bad. They don't know what is right and wrong. They don't know the difference between the Spirit and the flesh. But we do because God has given you if we don't have the Word of God within us to discern the spiritual things of God, which God has given to us by His Spirit through the Word, then we cannot make those distinctions. So our relationship with God gives us a lot to think about because our relationship is connected directly to His Word. Let's turn to, to 2 Peter, first chapter, beginning at verse 2. It says, grace and peace, all right, remember that, 
There's the peace again, right? Rest, entering into that rest, like it said in Hebrews, like we were in, there's a theme there. Do you see that? All right. Grace and peace be multiplied. Now, wouldn't that be nice, huh? You got a little bit of peace, and that God would multiply that little bit of peace and make it the peace that surpasses all understanding, right? That's where Philippians 4, 6 comes in. Guards our heart and our mind so that we understand it's multiplied. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. That will only come from the Word. Now here he starts to list the, the things in verse 3. As his divine power is given to all, right, by means of Holy Spirit, he gives all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who is called us by the glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly and great precious promises, that through these you may also be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Wow. Now, that, that's you, man. A partaker of the divine nature. You're a partaker of the divine nature. And he says, wow. And he's given it to you. Because why? You were called to glory and virtue. This is where our calling is at. So he now... Peter is setting up, he's priming us for the things that we should be thinking about. And he says, look, these are promises, precious and true. They're promises, and they're going to help you. The last part of verse 4 says, escape the corruption that is in the world. Verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, here are the things, add to your faith virtue, to virtue Knowledge to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brother kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Now notice verse 8. For if these things, these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, for an entrance will be made and supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, if you study those things one by one, I'm going to tell you something. It's a spiritual study. The flesh ain't even going to come close to matching. They are spiritual things that are pure. They're just. They'll turn your mind. They'll set you on fire. They'll take a hammer and break and reveal to you that God has purposed you in your life. It, and if we're remembering God's things and we think on them, then you're not going to miss out on the transforming power that His Word has for you today. And you can affect that in your life right now from this moment forward. Amen. If you like the show, why not include us in your feed and turn on notifications for updates? 
until next time, thank you for your time, and, may your countenance be lifted, and God's face shine upon you.